grace, mercy, peace, and every blessing of Abraham is yours through our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. As we've been spending time in these early chapters of Genesis, so much of it seems far away, esoteric, abstract, people living hundreds and hundreds of years, sharing one tongue, God wiping out everything on earth and starting over with Noah. Just before we hear about Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, Moses relates the story of the Tower of Babel, another one of those well-known but far away stories. One thing becomes clear when Abraham follows the Tower of Babel. And it's exactly the focus that we heard in our lessons. That the thing which God destined for us in Christ was there from the very beginning. To live by faith is not some audible in history, but it was God's plan for his people. At the Tower of Babel, the people all gather together and they say, let us make a name for ourselves. Let us do great things so that everyone will remember us and that our legacy will live on in generation to generation. And so they set about building a great tower in a great city, thinking that in this they will receive the blessing of God and they will be great. And then comes the line of Terah. Very short compared to the genealogies in the rest of Genesis. And what sticks out is that in this genealogy is Abram and his wife Sarah, who presents on the page practically an end to a genealogy which is, Sarah is barren. And juxtaposed to that people who wanted to make a name for themselves, and they had all the power to do so, God comes to a man, calls him out of the world that he knows, of his inheritance, of everything that he stands to gain on this earth, and he says, I will make your name great. I will be a blessing. And through you, I will bless all peoples on earth. Our world and our life 
are probably a lot closer to Abraham's than we think. Could there be a more succinct description of the world that we live in? Let us make a name for ourselves. Let us be great. Let us build great things. Let us be beautiful and let the world marvel at our lives and what we have accomplished. In the quiet call of God to individual hearts, says, come out of that world. Don't labor for its goods. Don't seek your own glory. And how? Trust in my promises. Abraham lived 75 years before that call. And after we hear the last, he lives another 75 years. God only focuses on that 25 years in Abraham's life where he was testing Abraham and he was giving him the promises and then Isaac through whom the Savior would come. And then Abram passes quietly out of Genesis. And he did not see the end of that blessing except by faith. Yes, our lives are quite close. That seed, that blessing promised to Abraham so long ago has now come. But we don't see him. And everything that we stand to gain lies in the future. The promises of eternal life. There's nothing we can do to build that for ourselves. Here we are as Abraham and Sarah with promises but no tools except for faith. And the grace of God, the grace of God, few things stand out so powerfully in the early chapters of Genesis. We talked about it at the fall. God comes to his fallen people. And then again, he preserves his people in the flood. And then again, when man shakes his fist at God and says, let me go my own way, God says, no, I will pick a man. And through him, I will still accomplish my purposes for this world. 
And that grace is one that we know. Many of you know, when I was in my late teen years and into my early 20s, I completely turned my back on Christ, walked away from the faith, and I tried to live, live that worldly life, to gain something for myself. And of course, obviously, I'm standing here in my darkest hour. At the end of that road, God came and he called me out, just as he did Abraham. And every day, when I turn my back on him, or I find myself in that same position, reeling from the same sins, he comes back to me and he calls me out and he says, live by faith. Trust me. The blessing of God looks like foolishness to the world. And to what the world values and desires, it is rightly foolishness. But in that foolishness, God shows his wisdom and his power and all his love. Just like through an old man and a barren woman who are already beyond childbearing age, God brought the Savior of mankind. So, through a bunch of broken people, he still does the very same thing. And if we're steady trying to fix ourselves so that we can get what we want, we will never be a blessing. But if we live by faith, if we keep our eyes fixed on Christ, then we understand that God's power is made perfect in weakness. And the very thing that looks like defeat and stupidity to the world is God accomplishing that promise that he gave to Abraham. And is that, is that what our lives look like? I was challenged by this, by this account, but encouraged because if you follow Abraham, this is the very first time God comes to him. And if you follow his story, it's so encouraging because Abraham shares those same weaknesses. And every single time God comes to him, 
And God comes to him with new and bigger and fuller blessings and greater revelations. And the other thing in Abraham is while the promises are focused on the coming Christ and he is the end and the fulfillment of those promises, what God wanted to teach Abraham and what God teaches us now that Christ has come is that all of his grace and all of his love and all of his promises are for one thing and one thing only which is that you get him. Abraham got too focused on the promises. Maybe a little short-sighted at times. And God continued to come to him and say, I am your shield. I am your reward. If you're seeking anything else in this world besides me, then you won't get it. And you'll be disappointed. And you will not bless the world. And this blessing of Abraham as Paul said, still rests on us now in Christ Jesus, that promised seed. This blessing is ours. And it sounds a lot like Romans 8, doesn't it? Those, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. If God is for us, who can be against us? And all nations blessed in you, now, the royal priests that God intended us to be, who bring his gospel and mediate his presence and his goodness to the world. And all of it is just praise. Praise to that God who made everything in Genesis. And praise to that God who has been reaching out and putting himself on the line for man every single day the earth has existed. To live by faith is to conquer the world. To live by faith is to know what righteousness is to see the face of God. If we're longing for that, then God will bless the world through us. And even if like Abraham, from our perspective we fail, to be those people time and time again. We know that it does not 
rely upon us. In the end, God always accomplishes his purposes. And we cannot explain it. But it is very clear on every single page of the scriptures that God intends us to be his partners in this. It's why he made us in his image to work with him to bring love and joy and peace and justice to what he created. And yet, only through him and in him. And he always gets his way. And it is always loving and beautiful and gracious to mankind. And we see all of that goodness and glory in the face of Christ as we stand before the cross, as we operate every day in this broken world and we say, God, show me your glory. Give me something to get me through. And God points right there at the cross. That is my glory. And that is how he will show his glory to the world. Let us pray. Father, so long ago, you reached out to men time and time again with love and grace and forbearance and forgiveness. And now here we stand 2,000 years on the other side of that fulfillment. And we enjoy all of that goodness and the fullness of that revelation which Abraham did not know. And yet, you call us to live the same kind of life, one with limited answers and all the blessings lying in the future. God, keep our eyes fixed on you be our portion and our lot in this life. And may all that we do and say, may all our thoughts and labors lead to your good and your desire to bless this people and this land in your son, Christ Jesus. Keep our eyes fixed on him and fill us with all that strength which raised him from the dead and which will raise us too at the end of time when you come again. We pray all these things boldly, covered in his blood. Amen.